Hey everybody, it's Michelle and you're listening to the podcast Just Michelle Talking because that's what we're going to do. You're just going to listen to me talking about stuff. And today I wanted to talk about walking. So I'm not going to just talk about like, okay, you know, walking is good for you because it increases your heart rate, blah, 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 blah. I want to talk about the bigger lessons that walking can teach us. And I thought I would start talking about that by telling you a little bit about my own fitness history. So I was an overweight child and then an obese teenager and then a morbidly obese adult. And I've pretty much been fat like from the womb. (laughs) I mean, I think technically I was born a normal size baby, not a sumo baby, but I have been overweight, larger, big boned, traditionally built, whatever. Let's call it what it is, you know, fat, whatever word you like to use my whole life. And exercise was not really a thing for me. When I got to college, I started getting more interested in in fitness. I don't really know why. I don't know if that was societal pressure or what, but it was a bit of a thing for me. And I started going to the gym and I'm not going to lie, I didn't like it. So I'm not terribly coordinated. I'm not terribly uh, organized. I can't kind of seem to get my arms and legs moving in the same direction. At various times in my life, I've tried like Zumba and aerobics and water aerobics and whatever. And invariably, when the instructor turns left, I turn right. Everybody's facing forward, I'm facing backwards. And similarly, they're like, okay, and three, two, one. And they like change what they're doing. And I'm like st- still back at number three. Like, just let's just say coordination is not my strong suit. And so I've never been much of an exercise or fitness person. I've always cared about my, as an adult, I've always cared about my health. But uh, yeah, I'm not really out there exercising much. And then, like I said, I went to college and I started exercising there. And that kind of started a bit of an on-off love affair with various kinds of physical exercise. So I've joined various gyms at various times. I've done Bollywood dancing for a year, which, by the way, that was, in fact, super fun and does not feel like exercise. So I recommend that one. Also, that one relies on enthusiasm, not coordination. So highly recommend Bollywood dancing as, as a fitness choice. Anyway, but I, I sort of had a very patchy history. Like I'd go crazy for like six months or a year at a gym. And then I would do like most people and pay the gym for my membership, but not actually be there terribly much. So it's kind of come in and out. And then several years ago, my father passed away and he passed away unexpectedly of a massive heart attack. And he was 63 years old at the time um, or 62. And that was a major, major, major wake up call for me. It significantly changed the trajectory of my life professionally, personally, physically, mentally, just in so many ways. I'm sure it will come up in conversation here later on down the track. But why that's related to walking is because after he died, I was looking for an outlet to help my mental health be in a better place. And I ended up at a um, gym that was like, do you remember like way back in like the early uh, naughty, I think it was early noughties, maybe even before that, maybe like late nineties, the whole like 30 minute workout thing, like contours and curves and was that sort of gym was a thing where you came in, did stuff for 30 minutes and then left. And that was meant to be amazing for you. And it suited, <laughs> not going to lie, it totally suited me because I'm like 30 minutes, I'm in out, whoop, I'm onto that, man. Like the exercise, it's not really exercise. Bring it, baby. So I love that. And I did that for a very long time. But eventually, like many things in my life, I got really bored of it. Not that it wasn't still good for me. I just got 
bored. And also my gym changed location and I didn't like the new ladies that were running it. And, you know, okay, this is going to devolve into a why Michelle changes suppliers thing. It's almost always because some minor thing changes and I don't like it anymore. Like once I had a racist hairdresser and I had to like move on, even though she gave great haircuts. Okay, side. Anyway, so... After I kind of abandoned the whole gym thing, I started just walking because I think at the time we probably didn't have much money and I was like, every time I go to a gym, I'm just bored. This is just stupid. I should just walk. And so I started this habit of walking, sometimes with a friend, sometimes on my own. And over the past several years, I would say, gosh, at least the last maybe three years, I've walked pretty close to every day. Now it's not, I don't have a hundred percent track record. In fact, today is Sunday and I did not walk today. And sometimes it'll be extra long walks and I'll go twice as long. And, and again, it's still sometimes with a friend or sometimes with my kids or sometimes on my own. And I do it not because of the physical aspect, but because it's good for my mental health. So I find that getting out in nature, breathing some fresh air, getting my legs and arms moving just makes me feel better about the world. And when I'm having a a hard day, or even if I'm just really tired, I find that just getting out and about makes a huge difference to how I feel about just, God, everything, you know, I feel a hundred percent better. So I've become a really big proponent of walking. Now, I should say I don't walk terribly quickly. I'm, I'm like not very speedy. I think, it's, I think it's that whole coordination thing. But most days I walk about five kilometers, which takes me a bit under an hour. So it's like 50, 55 minutes, depending on how quickly I'm going. And on the weekend, often I'll go quite a lot longer because I have more time and I kind of want to amble. And I use that time in different ways. So sometimes I just walk along and talk to my mom or my sister on the phone. And sometimes that can be emotionally challenging. So doing it while I'm walking is really good because then I kind of have the benefit of being outside and seeing the beautiful view and feeling really happy about that. And it kind of makes whatever I'm talking about with them a little bit easier because it's hard to be mad when there's like birds singing and, and lovely trees around you, honestly. Not, by the way, not that every conversation with them is mad. Oh my God, I made that sound so terrible. But it's just that sometimes family can be complicated, you know, and so it's nice to have a beautiful environment to walk in while having a conversation rather than sitting at home and like stuffing my face with something or whatever. Sometimes I'll call friends. I find it's a really good way to catch up with people I haven't spoken to in a while because I have an hour on my hands. And while I might not speak to them for an hour, it's a really good way to catch up with people who otherwise I don't always get to see too often. And that's been especially true during this whole COVID situation. A lot of times I listen to podcasts, not my own, (laughs) you'll be happy to know, but I listen to lots of really interesting uh, podcasts about all kinds of things. And I can, I can recommend loads if you're, if you're curious, but I love learning about things. And it's funny, like sometimes I'll put on a podcast while I'm walking and I'm listening, but I'm so preoccupied by looking at what's happening around me or honestly getting lost in my own thoughts that I find that I'm like 20 minutes down the road and I completely missed whatever was happening in the podcast. I'm like, oh, damn shit. Oh my God, gotta go back. And I have to like rewind half the podcast because the voices were going in my ears, but the voices in my head were a lot louder. (laughs) So I just use that time as like quiet thinking time. And I really, really cherish and adore my daily walks. And there have been times where like, I haven't done it for like a week or something. And 
my kids notice, my friends notice, you know, it's not unheard of for my, one of my kids to be like, uh, have you been for a walk lately? Cause you seem kind of grumpy. So I've become to really rely on that as a form of kind of daily therapy. And like I said, sometimes I'll go with a friend or one of my kids, sometimes not. And if I go with a friend, it's usually just to have a good chat as we go. If I go with my kids, sometimes we chat. Sometimes we both listen to different podcasts. Sometimes we listen to the same podcast so we can talk about it. And sometimes, you know, we just walk in in comfortable silence. It really just depends. And I've been thinking about this walking thing lately because a lot of people say to me like, wow, that's amazing. Wow, you've kept it up for so long. You should be so proud of yourself, etc." And to me, look, it's as important to me as getting a good night's sleep or eating well or whatever. I consider it very much just a part of my daily routine, but also something I do that's important to me and makes me feel really good. But it's interesting because I noticed that when I walk with other people, the experience is quite different. I mean, firstly, it's never as relaxed as it is by myself. But secondly, I guess because I'm as tall as I am, I have a fairly long stride. And so often people I walk with comment on that a lot. So for example, one of my kids is, uh, she's only two or three inches shorter than me, but she'll often, we'll go for a walk and she'll be like, mom, short legs, remember? Short legs. And I'm like, oh yeah, sorry. And I will slow down, not my pace, but I'll shorten my stride a little bit to, to match with her. And that actually happened a couple of months back as well. So a couple of months back, I went on a walk with one of my closest friends. And to put this into perspective for you, she's about five foot three. And I'm just shy of six feet. And as we were walking and talking, I noticed something kind of interesting. Now, she is a massive walker. Like, she does a lot of walking and goes for really long distances. So I know when I walk with her, it's going to be a fair amount of physical output more than I would put in on a normal walk. But I noticed that at the start of our walks, I walk at my normal, fairly ambling kind of pace. And she was looking like she fully had to hustle to keep up with me, right? Because remember, she's seven inches shorter than I am. So she's got shorter legs, shorter stride. Every one of my steps is probably easily a step and a half for her, I think. So while I'm out here like strolling, you know, I mean, I'd whistle if I could whistle well. (laughs) Yeah, I can't whistle. Um, But I'm kind of out here ambling and she's scrambling to keep up. Now, I remember thinking like we started out as at the same place and we're going to end up in the same place, but the effort required to get there is going to be really different because she's got to hustle just to keep up with my leg length. So for me, getting from point A to point B is like, ha, pardon the pun, or walk in the park, whereas for her, she's kind of scrambling to keep up. But interestingly, after we walked for a while, I noticed that I got tired way before she did. So naturally, because I was tired, my stride shortened, but hers kept up the same pace. So while before it was one and a half of her steps to one of mine, it got to the point where they were probably pretty equal. And again, we started at the same place. We're going to finish at the same place. But at about the halfway mark, I noticed that I was putting in noticeably more effort than she was, even though at the start, it was her doing it. So about halfway through, the tables were turned, and suddenly I'm like, man, this walk is going forever. Can we please go home? And she's like, oh, we can go this way if you like. And I'm like, oh, is this way heading towards home? So like, 
I'm not going to lie. I was pretty exhausted by the end of it. I think we walked about nine, nine and a half kilometers. And it occurred to me that that Sunday walk, because she and I tend to walk on Sundays if we walk, was a really great metaphor for our lives, especially in these times when we can compare ourselves to our neighbors just by logging into social media, right? So just stay with me as I draw this metaphor out to like the world's longest end. But basically, it's super easy to compare ourselves to how other people are doing, right? We go, oh my God, look, they're like way out in front. Oh my God. No, no, no. They're about where we are. Cool. Yes. Or ah, they're way behind us. Woo. Right. We can compare ourselves to people out there on every level all the time. Cooking, uh, baking, you know, all sorts of skill levels of various kinds, career-wise, children-wise, fitness-wise, you can compare yourself with people on pretty much everything that you do and you are in your life. And it's kind of ridiculous because social media only shows us the destination. It only shows us the end point. We have no idea how much strolling or how much hustling they had to do to get there. You know, anybody watching my girlfriend and I walk would think, oh, just two friends out for a walk, right? But if they looked a little bit closer at the beginning, they'd be like, man, that short one must be really unfit because she's having to work so hard to walk. Whereas an hour into it, they would look at us again and go, look at that tall one. She must be really unfit. She's having to hustle to walk. And the reality of it is neither of us is unfit. We just have different ways of approaching things and different strengths. You know, social media ends up being a chronicle of our best life, not our hard hustling, trying to keep up, then being exhausted life, right? And it just so happens that on that same walk, this friend told me that she'd recently beat her personal best and that she's now able to run 11 kilometers. Now, hilariously, running is totally against my religion. It's against everything I believe in. I think running is just an evil concept that nobody should ever do. That being said, I have done the Couch to 5K program, I think, three times, and I have successfully completed it twice, and e I think twice, and each time my 5K was really not much faster than my 5K walking. Running and I, we don't get along. We're just we're like, I don't know, my boobs are too big, or my legs are too long, or I'm too uncoordinated. I just, I can't figure out running. So, you know, bear the story in mind with the idea that running is, I just hate it, and I think only terribly, yeah, no. Just, I don't do running, okay? I think I'm actually allergic to it. Like, I think if I did it properly, I might break out into hives. Anyway, so she told me that she beat her personal best and she can now run 11 kilometers. Now, remarkably, I have no interest in running, right? Allergic against my religion, et cetera, et cetera. But I was kind of jealous of her accomplishment because she's not only seven inches shorter than me, she's about 10 years older than me as well. And so I can't do that. I can't run 11 kilometers and I don't want to run 11 kilometers, but I found myself feeling kind of jealous, kind of envious, kind of like, damn, she can totally do that and I can't. Now, granted, I was proud of her and I was happy for her, but if it's a skill I'm not interested in and I don't care about, why did I even give like two minutes care to the fact that I couldn't do it? Like, I genuinely felt kind of crappy about myself for a skill I don't want and I don't need because I'm quite happy doing my daily amble. 
And ironically, there are people who look at my daily amble and think that I'm the person they should be envious of or whatever. It's a ridiculous concept to me. But going on that walk with her and identifying my feelings about how I felt about her accomplishment and my feelings about the fact that like halfway through, I was kind of exhausted at this freaking longest walk that went on forever. I sort of learned a couple of really interesting lessons, which is that firstly, your stride and your pace are kind of irrelevant. As long as you're heading in the direction that you want to go in, how fast you go, how long your stride is, whether you're struggling to keep up or whether for you it's a walk in the park, it sort of doesn't really matter. And comparing your method to other people's is also a pointless exercise. It just robs you of the joy you get from the progress you've made. And that to me seems really unfair. I was pretty happy with the fact that I could keep up with her. Why did I care that it was hard for me? and easy for her. Because in the beginning, it was hard for her and easy for me. So constantly comparing how we do things and the speed in which we go is just absolutely robs us of joy. And we need to stop doing that, you know? I did, however, also learn that you don't need to be a runner to make progress. But I did learn through watching the way that she walks and listening to her accomplishments about running 11K that if you just do the same thing all the time, you will always get the same thing all the time. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Maybe that's what you want. In the case of my daily walking, I'm quite happy with the fact that it takes me a little bit less than an hour to go those five kilometers. But if my ultimate goal is to be able to run, no, I'm not run, just let's not even say that, walk those five kilometers in half an hour, then I'm going to have to make some sort of progress. It doesn't mean that I'm going to now suddenly start running but maybe it means I start paying attention to how long it takes me to get that five kilometers. And if one day it takes me 55 minutes, then the next day I aim for 54. And maybe two days later, I aim for 53. So I learned watching her and listening to her story of progress that a tiny bit more effort or a small difference in how you do things can actually over time make a bigger difference than you think. If there is a small change that you can make, it will often have in the long term a bigger impact. So what I realized in that conversation with her was, well, if I wanted to now run my five kilometers, I probably could, but I'm not going to be able to do that just still ambling along. I'm going to have to make a change somewhere. And so to be jealous or envious or whatever of her 11K run is a little bit ridiculous when you consider that running anything was never in my goals to begin with. But it absolutely did make me look at my daily walk and go, do I want to improve that or am I happy with that? And if I want to improve that, how am I going to do that? You know, what am I going to do to make this that little bit faster or walk that little bit longer or whatever? Now, in my case, I will say I'm not interested in doing it any faster because I really find that an hour is a good amount of time for me to be out and about, but I certainly can increase it and go further in that same amount of time. And so I've slowly been, been doing that. I've been walking that little bit further, you know, that one extra circle of the football ground or whatever. And it makes a really big difference. It actually makes me feel a little bit better. And to be honest, pushing myself that tiny bit more feels like a really nice accomplishment as well. So those walks are now not just about 
you know, clearing my mind and speaking to my family or my friends or whatever, they're now also about like, hey, I can get a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better and a tiny bit of improvement over a long period of time makes a massive, massive difference. The other thing I realized with walking with my girlfriend is that sometimes if you're trying to achieve something big, it's easier when you're not alone. So I'm a hugely independent person and I pride myself on being able to do stuff alone. But something I've learned, certainly since being divorced, absolutely since running a small business, is that just because I can do it alone doesn't mean I necessarily want to do it alone. So, you know, can I take care of things and look after the kids and the house and the business or whatever single-handedly? Yeah, you know what? I totally can. But sometimes I don't always want to. And sometimes having somebody along for the ride makes it a little bit of an easier ride. Now, I'm not specifically referring to a romantic partner here. Could be a friend, could be a colleague, could be anybody. But sometimes longer things, longer, harder goals are easier to achieve when you're not alone. You know, I didn't realize until after she and I got home how far we had walked because her company made it go that much faster, right? Now, on a, on a pod, on, a, on my daily walk, I have the podcast for company. So even then, when I'm listening to a really engaging podcast, I'll often walk much longer than the hour or the five kilometers because I get totally engrossed. So when I say not doing it alone, not alone might mean a podcast that you're listening to, right? Or an audio book or, you know, your favorite radio station or an album you really like. I just really learned the value how doing things not alone sometimes can make them a lot more bearable. Sometimes we need one another more than we really think. You know, my I've got a friend, Elizabeth. She's kind of like a mentor to me. She is 76. She turned 76 last year. And she regularly walks like 10 kilometers a day. And she recently told me how she does not do it. She sometimes does it with friends, but on a day when she goes by herself, she listens to nothing. She doesn't even own earphones. So she does not listen to the radio. She doesn't listen to podcasts. She just walks in silence by herself for 10 kilometers. And I think that's hugely admirable. But for me, that would be really hard. My brain goes far too fast. I get occupied in, you know, my thoughts too much. Like for me, that would be hugely boring and I would feel every kilometer that 10 kilometers. So, you know, it's a reminder that you do you. But I think when we have something big we want to accomplish, it's easier to do that with, with some sort of company or energy or people around or music or something to make it easier to make it go faster. This is also true of like really boring stuff. Like, you know, you need to like clean the garage or you need to write a really boring, you know, paper for work or whatever. I just find sometimes having company makes things a lot easier. I don't, I'm not a big fan of being alone. I am let me, let me confess something here, which is that people often describe me as loud, which by the way is not a compliment for any woman ever and not a word we use to describe men terribly often. So I hate that descriptor. It's also not always true. Um, but people often describe me as loud and they often describe me as very, very extroverted. And the truth is that that is absolute rubbish. That is not actually true for me at all. I would describe myself much, much more as what's called an ambivert. I don't know if any of you have heard that expression before, but it means somebody who can situationally be both extroverted and introverted as the situation requires. So I am really good at being 
quite social and outspoken and clearly talky, but similarly, I need my own time and my own space and quiet and I need processing time very often, much more than people realize. And so I'll just give you an example of that. One of the great joys of my life during this pandemic situation has been time with my children, but some of my most treasured times with them is not when we're all talking to each other. Sometimes it's the four of us sitting in the same room, but one kid is listening to a podcast, one kid is watching television, one kid is playing a game on their iPad, and one kid is writing an essay. Sometimes it's just their physical presence, which I love, but not the need to interact with them. So I think when I say it's, things are easier when you're not alone, you also need to work out for yourself, what does not alone mean? You know, is it literally you in a room by yourself, like Elizabeth walking for 10 kilometers and not needing any company at all? Or is it walking with a friend, but you guys listen to your own, you know, whatever's in your ears? I think there's a lot of ways, but when I, to figure that out for yourself. But what I'm saying is, for me, I've learned that doing things together makes them far more interesting, far more bearable, and makes them go a lot faster than I thought. I have to say that since single parenting the kids, I've really learned that lesson that I value their company and their presence and their love so much and it's made life so much more bearable. And I think in these times when all of us are, you know, trapped at home and whatever, I think you, no matter how introverted you are, it would be really hard not to have human interaction. You know, human beings are meant to, I was going to say travel in packs, but, you know, human beings are, are mammals that need each other. And I think that this is one of those times when we're trying to accomplish something really big or, or boring, sometimes the best thing you can do is find yourself somebody to do it with, you know? I also, through walking with my girlfriend, learned that stopping along the way gives you strength. So halfway through our, our nine, nine and a half kilometer walk, we stopped for breakfast and a coffee, which I feel like made the nine and a half kilometers probably kind of pointless, but they were not just for the sake of exercise. They were mostly for the sake of company and love. So. It still had value. Now, on the way into the cafe, not going to lie, I was a freaking exhausted wreck because remember by then, I'm like trying desperately to keep, keep up with her, right? So we sat down and we had breakfast or brunch and a coffee or whatever. And on the way out, I had a totally new determination. I mean, like maybe it was fueled by caffeine and sugar, I don't know. And I made it home with no problems. So if you are feeling tired, stressed out, exhausted, it's really okay to stop and sit for a while. As long as you remember that you can't sit forever because then you're not making any progress. But you can stop and you can sit for a while and the world will keep spinning and it's okay. Because what you need in that moment is to stop and rest, which is why I sometimes don't walk every single day which is why I've been known to take, you know, a week off now and again, because sometimes I just need to sit and rest. Thankfully, I have also learned that that rest can't go on forever. And I have like rocketed myself into, right, Michelle, time to get off the couch and back to walking again for sure. But I've also learned that sometimes you need to stop and rest. And that idea of resting is one that I think many of us need to learn more often there's no reason to feel guilty or horrible because you decided to feed the kids cereal for dinner and, you know, sit on the couch for the night instead of making a fancy meal. There is nothing wrong with just stopping and resting a little bit, gathering your energy, gathering your strength, gathering the will to get up and then keep on moving. 
I know for me, I'm a super overachiever, and that lesson has been really, really hard. Allowing myself permission to just sit and rest for a while. Now, I, you know, I mean this in a literal sense, but I also mean it in an emotional sense, like allow myself to not take on a thousand projects, to not start a million new different hobbies all at once, to not do stuff, you know, to kind of say no and be like, hey, I'm just going to focus on these things I've got going at the moment. That's been a really hard lesson for me to learn and admittedly one that's probably still in progress. But really stopping and having that breakfast with my girlfriend reminded me like, you know, it's all right, stop, chill for a while and then just keep on going. And it's really, really okay. You just don't want to get stuck in the chilling forever. Okay. You want to actually get up and keep going at some point. That's all about that making progress, right? You don't have to run, but you need to keep walking. So if you are somebody who is wanting to achieve anything at all, you know, consider that walk, consider just getting up and going. And I will say that when I started walking in my my daily walk, I didn't start out at five kilometers. I literally have a park just near our house. I started out with like one circle of the park. Then it was like two circles of the park. Then it was three circles of the park. And just gradually over time, I built it. So if there's something going on in your life that's like super, super huge and feels super, super overwhelming, maybe you just need to start getting out there and slowly lengthen your stride and bring a friend along and uh, stop for coffee along the way. You know, you'd be amazed how much simple everyday activities can actually teach you so many incredible lessons about life. And I'd like to look around me and see what I learn just from just from things I would normally do every day, you know? And if you're not a walker and you're not an exerciser, I do have one final hot tip for you, which is that walking requires no coordination. There will never be a time when you will be facing one way and the instructor will be facing the other way. There will never be a time where she'll be like five, four, three, two, one, and you'll be back at like three. That's just not going to happen with walking. Also, it's free. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I get really tired of paying a gym like $59.99 a month and then just like throwing money out the wall. It's just ridiculous. There's no access card that you need to remember. There's no disgusting little tile you need to take with you. And honestly, it's not that embarrassing because you're not tripping over your feet and looking like a complete noof while doing it, which was me in pretty much every fitness class I've ever done. So humiliation factor is low. So if you're looking for something to do with yourself to get a bit of exercise, just go for a bit of a walk. Enjoy, And, and don't think of it as exercise. Just think of it as enjoying the great outdoors and breathing in deeply and uh, getting a little bit of sunshine because who couldn't use a little bit more sunshine in their lives, hey? And on that note, keep your feet moving. Uh, keep your brain engaged. And thank you so much for listening to me as usual. I really appreciate your company and I hope you enjoyed mine. Have a great week.